0: Dashboard Effect Podcast. I'm Brick Thompson, founder and CEO of Blue Margin,
1: and I'm Kate Eberly, our director of consulting. Hey, Kate. Hey, Brick. Good to sit down with
0: you. It's our first time doing one of these together. Yeah,
1: I'm so happy to be here. All right. So, what are we going
0: to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk a little bit about who
1: should own business intelligence in your company.
0: Okay, so you mean like uh, which which role within the company should own?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Who should be responsible for making sure you've got BI at your company? Okay. And and why is it important to think about that? You know, business intelligence is one of those weird needs at companies where it really is pretty cross-functional. So it goes throughout the organization, up and down, vertically, horizontally. And that just means it's hard to manage. It's hard to really understand who should make sure that it's actually being rolled out throughout the organization.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because as a a group of engineers and consultants, we deal with a lot of questions just around the technology. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't often get questions about how to organize the team. And yet that can really be sort of the make or break for one of these projects.
1: Yeah, I think... We have the most pain when we we can't find really the owner of BI because it means that there's no one to make decisions at the end of the day. There's no one to really get the budget approval or even wrangle executives in the team to make it come to life. Exactly. So who typically does own
0: BI within within companies?
1: Yeah, I you know, I think – they're the three big buckets, right? You have finance, IT, or the operations side of the house. So I think it's pretty typical that we see it land in the CFO house or even the CIO, CTO, but it's not unusual to see operations picking it up as well if you have a smaller company that doesn't have those distinct roles necessarily.
0: Okay. So I'm guessing that there's a advantages and disadvantages potentially to each one of those areas. And I'll bet you there's other people that end up owning this sometimes, but but I, I agree those are sort of the, the big three that I see when I'm talking to our clients. Maybe we can just go through them a little bit. So so when you think about finance or the CFO owning a BI, um what does that look like typically?
1: Yeah, I think it's a pretty natural pairing to have BI with the finance shop. You think about your director of financial planning and analysis, a lot of those analysts who are working in Excel sheets every day. So it makes sense that you'd have the CFO really owning a lot of that responsibility. They want to track towards the budget of the company, make sure that you're making good progress against your goals for the year. The team really understands how you calculate metrics. You do a lot of those sums in Excel, a lot of those functions, pretty technically savvy, at least in that particular software package. And there's just really a good understanding of how you're connecting metrics to business outcomes versus just driving for operations.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So it sounds like pros are, they usually have a good overall view of the company and understanding maybe how the different pieces play together. Um, And often good instincts just for me, I've noticed really good instincts around data quality, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, an extra care for that. And then maybe even around uh, measure and KPI governance. So they're going to really care that these measures and KPIs that we're using across the company line up with each other.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I I, you know, I think the other area is they acutely feel the pain of how long it takes to put together some of these analytics. If you've got one analyst responsible for month-end and it takes two weeks every month, they understand really the power of getting something on a daily basis. Yeah,
0: the value of, of just getting that automated. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I have seen that can be a con to having BI in finance is sometimes Um, That group can be so focused on financial measures that they deprioritize operational measures, um, maybe to the detriment of the company Mm -hmm. in terms of BI. Have you seen that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think um – they have such clarity in what they need as far as it relates to reporting up to the CEO, to the board, to their private equity sponsors, that when it comes to the next level of, well, okay, how are we going to optimize our process? How are we going to try and get more from what we're doing right now? That's where the effort can generally run out of, of a bit of steam, particularly as you're trying to pull in other data sources and get even more visibility.
0: Yeah, it's hard. I mean, without good financial reporting, the rest of it I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but you need to know how you're actually doing financially Mm -hmm. to keep the company running well and and your board is demanding it. And if you're PE owned, you know, your PE board members uh, need you to have that, but you're right. If you're not focusing on operational, um, you know, you may be missing a huge opportunity to actually improve those financial outcomes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it it starts to tie into that next area of the CIO CTO, you know, if the, the CFO is completely focused on finance, they're really looking at their ERP, whatever their revenue or profit may look like. The next shop we typically see own BI is the CIO CTO because it's technology. Right. You're looking at source systems. You're looking at the actual uh, visualization tool that you're going to layer on top of it. So it just makes natural sense that they would own that responsibility.
0: It is. I think it it often ends up there even when it's maybe not optimal that it's there.
1: Mm-hmm. Often it
0: is optimal for it to be there, but but there can be some downsides to that too. I think you're right though. Um typically the CIO or CTO or head of IT, you know, they've got experience with the systems that drive the BI, so the underlying architecture and infrastructure. Um they also have easy access to technical resources usually. Mm-hmm. So they can direct work maybe more easily say than You know, someone who's not in the IT department who wants to get something done. So let's say even the CFO um, is going through to the CIO to get things done, for example, can be more challenging than just having that direct line. Um, So it's definitely a pro, I think, uh, often. Um, I think also CIOs typically have good conceptual understanding, at least, sometimes very technical understanding, but at least really uh, strong conceptual understanding of the underlying architectures and, and foundational stuff so they can make good decisions about it and can really uh, drive that in the right, uh, right direction.
1: Yeah, I think the other component there is they really have a pulse on what the company needs from a security perspective, whether that's housing all of your infrastructure in the cloud, on-premises, or what you're going to need as as it relates to row-level security, making sure certain people only have access to certain things, and then also just how you're going to position yourself. So I think I
0: have seen actually CIOs also who are very plugged into the business. And Uh, so they've got that technical experience, um, as well as the business experience. I can think of one particular CIO at, at one of our customers, um, he was very knowledgeable about BI and had a lot of deep experience in BI. And so, as we were getting started with this client, he was able to actually drive a lot of reporting requirements, um, in this case, specifically in the sales area of the mm-hmm. company, while um, other executives in the company were st- still sort of trying to get aligned around what we were doing with BI and, and how it was going to work and so on. And, and by doing that, he he really kick-started it for this company. He was able to produce some really impactful reports that allowed them to make decisions and drive behaviors and do all the things they wanted to do. And it really sort of set uh, the tone and the standard. And so other executives were able to engage well. So th- that was sort of a best-case um, scenario of a CIO that had all the technical chops plus all the business chops and the BI experience. So <laughs> so that was a great one. Yeah. What, what cons can you think of for this, uh, for BI sort of residing in the CIO's area?
1: You know, I think everything you described in that ideal scenario, you can pretty quickly see where you might, you know, go down a rabbit hole. If you're too committed and too focused on performance of other technical priorities in the organization, if you're making the move to a big ERP, if you're constantly battling and, and firefighting when it comes to the actual IT infrastructure or of your organization, it's pretty easy to see that your BI priority would quickly be overcome by other areas. So I think maintaining that business and strategic lens in the CIO role is absolutely critical to make sure that you're rolling out BI and then you're actually realizing the value there.
0: Completely agree with that. So you really need a CIO who is truly thinking at the strategic level and at the table with, you know, the other heads of the departments in the company. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, why don't we
1: move on to, I think you mentioned a, the third one
0: uh, that you most commonly see is the COO. T- tell me about that.
1: Yeah, you know, the seat is very much responsible for the core of the business. They have the, I think the most tied to really executing against strategy and making sure that the company is uh, you know, optimizing their margins. So it makes a lot of sense that they would own BI in the sense that if you can get visibility into how the actual machine is running, they have a really a huge interest in making sure that that happens in a timely manner. I think the other component of the COO shop is that you're really looking to automate some of those processes. You know, the pain of trying to get field reps out collecting data, inputting the same thing consistently every day so that you can come back and actually do some analysis around where you can be more efficient in the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with all of that. My experience is that the COO is often the person that can mobilize and really kind of make things happen Um almost always has a really good view of uh, execution strategy. Um, every once in a while, I find a COO who's not as well connected to the financial side. Mm-hmm. And so you need the CFO to help there. But often, they're just as plugged into that. And I think an advantage of, of having the COO own BI is they really understand and are thinking about the different operational areas of the business and can help prioritize where to put the BI efforts to get the most ROI.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I think uh, as we're looking at the the cons of having the COO own BI, I think you're starting to detect a theme here. If, if that particular seat is solely focused on their area of the business and isn't operating at that strategic level, thinking about the ways that BI can affect sales, can affect revenue, can affect financials, then you're going to see just a diminishing of that investment versus what it could be if you're operating at the strategic level.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's sort of the same across all three of these examples, isn't it? Um, ideally, you have someone that can put on the different hats as they're thinking about this.
1: Yeah, it's still being a specialist in their area, but a little bit more global when it comes to what business intelligence can accomplish for them. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. I, You know,
0: we I've definitely seen BI be owned even by someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I've seen it owned by someone who's not sort of at the senior executive level, um that can work but uh, i don't think it's optimal because often then the effort won't get as as high uh, uh as much attention as it probably should it can be harder to deal with the budgeting mm-hmm. it can be harder to change directions um i see those folks not always but sometimes those folks will end up more in uh almost an order taking mode from the senior team which makes it hard for them then to be really strategic about Um, how to proceed. Um, So not saying it doesn't work, but ideally you have um, sponsorship and stakeholders that are at the senior most level, I think.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there as it relates to the sponsorship component. So certainly you're not going to have your CIO, your CFO, anyone at the C-suite level actually running and turning the wrenches and making sure people are giving you the requirements that you need for a report. But you just have to have one of those individuals at the table who's really making sure that you're getting the, the budget, the time and attention that an investment like this requires.
0: Yeah. Okay. So uh, if you were going to wrap this up with a couple of thoughts, um, you
1: know, wh- wh- how did, what's
0: your ideal situation as you're working with one of our clients?
1: You know, at the end of the day, I think who owns it from that sponsorship level? Doesn't actually matter all that much. What I'm the most interested in, as we're starting to talk to new clients, is whether or not they have that next level down their data mobilizer. So that that's an individual at, at the director level, vice president level, who has the blessing of that executive seat, but has the the wherewithal and gumption to get the job done. So you know, I'm not going in specifically grading to say, well, the COO shop is responsible for BI. I don't think that's going to be a good fit. But so long as they've got that individual with, you know, buy-in from the top who I think is motivated, understands the value of BI, is willing to advocate, not just, you know, stop work when they get a little bit of pushback from someone on the team, but be relentless in pursuit of rolling out the effort, and has that ability to be persuasive, get folks onto their side and woo individuals and build consensus when they're encountering those obstacles. I think that's really who I'm looking for once I know that there's one executive that that really has the vision.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think I think what I'm hearing is, so one of these executives ideally owns it and is sort of the executive champion, but they've got some really strong uh, number two under them that is really passionate about this mm-hmm. and is a good persuader, maybe a good project manager, it, and it, I mean, you called it a mobilizer, is really going to mobilize this project.
1: Yeah, who's empowered to the budget and authority to get the job done. All
0: right. Yeah, that makes sense to me. All right. Well, I think we're coming to the end of our time. Yeah. Good, good job. It's been fun sitting here with you. <laughs> Same. Thanks, Brick. Would, would you do it again?
1: You know, I, I think I'll come back if you ask me.
0: All right. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, <laughs> well, we'll
1: come up with something for next week then. Awesome. Sounds All right. Good. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Brick. See you. Bye.